Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. AEW, more often than not, are good at seeing storylines through to the end. The company is even faithful to storylines that developed in other promotions, all of which makes it disappointing and surprising when certain developments amount to nothing at all. I'm Sai for WantCulture.com and these are 10 more storylines AEW dropped cold. Number 10, Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy feuded in the otherwise awesome AEW summer of 2021. Cassidy first defeated Hardy on August 25th in a very uneven effort. Matt Hardy putting his hands in his pockets to reveal that he had loads of money stashed in them, silly but good character work. Matt Hardy getting his face busted open the hard way, all for the sake of what was generously a gentleman's three, not good at all. This somehow warranted a sequel before which Matt indicated that he wanted to cut Cassidy's hair. This was made obvious when he took to brandishing a pair of scissors with a great big gurn on his face. To build interest to it, Cassidy defeated Jack Evans in a hair versus hair match on the September 29th episode of Rampage, which was a prelude to a lumberjack match between Cassidy and Hardy on the November 12th rampage. Jesus. If there was ever any interest in Cassidy versus Hardy 2, there certainly wasn't interest 79 days later. Cassidy and Matt Hardy went 50-50 in a hair versus hair feud that ended in a lumberjack match with only Jack Evans losing his locks. That legitimately reads like a match result from the infamous New York Rules edition of WCW Thunder. Number 9. Red Dragon versus FTR. On the March 2nd, 2022 AEW Dynamite, FTR entered the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale from which they were eliminated when the Young Bucks struck Dax Harwood with stereo superkicks. This was a rare good distraction. Red Dragon, who had already qualified for the three-way tag team title match at Revolution the prior week, threatened to swipe Dax's feet from the apron. He wasn't fooled by some entrance music or somebody acting obnoxious miles away on the ramp. He was moments from losing the match. When they vowed revenge, then manager Tully Blanchard urged them to forget their conflict with the Undisputed Elite and pursue gold. They didn't listen. They wanted to fight with honour so that they could look their families in the eye. They gained a measure of revenge by beating the Young Bucks in April, but incredibly, a match against Red Dragon, guaranteed to be excellent, never happened. Happily, this did not dent FTR's credibility, they remain massively over. In a worrying note, though, it feels at this point that the fandom is defying their actual booking under the insistence that they deserve to be in a better spot. It's not quite Daniel Bryan or Becky Lynch levels of promoter hates fans, fans in kind tell him to F off, but still, as good a year as FTR have enjoyed, it could have been even better if they didn't win the AEW tag team titles in this slightly altered timeline. Number 8. Jungle Boy proves he can hang with Chris Jericho. In late 2019, when Chris Jericho needed a TV level challenger to work before his pay-per-view program with Jon Moxley intensified, Jungle Boy was selected for the role. It was an astute booking move. Jungle Boy was to benefit from the increased profile and lose in a super hard-fought effort. In the halcyon days where going out with pride was a key storyline driver, in order to encourage fans to 
stick with him under the belief that he'd make it one day. Inspired by the 10 minute challenge gimmick that made for legendary TV in Memphis when Jerry Lawler so nearly unsettled Ric Flair in 1982, Jungle Boy survived the Lion Tamer and made it to 10 minutes. Those weren't exactly Halcyon days realistically, but the sense of ambition was arguably stronger. The build was great too, Jungle Boy puts over the scope of the challenge by training for the match as if it was the biggest of his life. If it did come to a conclusive end, it was rather unceremonious. The inner circle defeated Jurassic Express on the Jericho Cruise Dynamite on January 21st, 2020. The idea was to revisit the program deeper into that year, but then the pandemic happened and it was thought senseless to push such a prized prospect when there were no vocal fans willing Jungle Boy over the line. This isn't a carne excuse either, it's telling that Jungle Boy was given Tarzan Boy when fans really started to filter back into Daily's place in early 2021. Number 7. Christian Cage feuds with Team Taz When Christian Cage first arrived in AEW, he made his intentions clear. He wanted to win the AEW world title. This was widely mocked at the time, at least by certain jaded fans wary of the TNA years. The idea that a former WWE star who wasn't quite a Brian Danielson tier name could waltz in and contend for it was a cause for concern, but A. Every single wrestler should do this because that's what every pro wrestling character should strive to achieve, and B. Those concerns were unfounded. Cage was preoccupied in his quest by Taz, who, after falling afoul of Cage, set his stable onto him, which allowed Cage to pick up the spree of wins necessary to contend for the gold. Cage had to find a different set of opponents since that program went awry. It started promisingly, Cage and Taz were magic, bantering off one another on the mic, and Cage defeated Powerhouse Hobbs in Phase 1. He never reached Phase 2 though, because Ricky Starks, who remains a dream opponent, unfortunately suffered a neck injury. Cage began his association with Jungle Boy shortly thereafter, which meant that there was nowhere really to go with this first storyline, but it made no sense for the hyper-ornery Taz of all people to forget the disrespect. Number 6. Lance Archer and Pac circle one another When Pac returned from his pandemic-enforced hiatus in late 2020, he went after Eddie Kingston and his family in a signature AEW storyline. Before getting his hands on Eddie, in retaliation for him stealing the Lucha Brothers from him, he defeated the Blade and then the Butcher before succeeding in his mission at New Year's Smash. This was neat, tidy and logical enough without being tremendously exciting in truth, but it doesn't qualify for this list. It was a boilerplate AEW narrative, but it concluded in a coherent and decisive way. What does warrant inclusion here is the subtleties of a Pack versus Lance Archer program. On the December 16th Dynamite preceded by what may be the greatest graphic drop in AEW history, and think of the ground that covers, Eddie Kingston addressed his enemies, plural. One was Pack, obviously, the other was Lance Archer, dating back to the events of All Out 2020's Casino Battle Royale. This drew out Archer, but Pack also made his presence felt. Archer was upset, Kingston was his. This led to a tense confrontation which, you guessed it, didn't materialise in a match of any kind. And while it's true that Khan frequently dovetails his storylines in such a way, that tease was too thrilling not to deliver on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Number 5. Ethan Page wants the All-Atlantic title. In something of a concerning development, more than one entry on this list is drawn from the very recent future. When Stokely Hathaway introduced the firm and discussed each man's ambitions, Ethan Page had his sights set on the All-Atlantic title, which at that point was held by Pac. Absolutely nothing came of this, instead the usually ambivalent Pac slowly turned heel before Orange Cassidy dethroned him. So, what was the original plan? Tony Khan often books on a regionalised basis, perhaps Page was set for a major match in his home city of Toronto before Khan put the hammer down on the pack turn. On the plus side, Page was then entered into the world title eliminated tournament with all eyes on him. So that went well, right? Never mind, back to the All-Atlantic title it is then. Watch out, Orange Cassidy. Or don't, this probably won't amount to anything. Number four, Eddie Kingston hates Brian Danielson. Last year, as part of the Full Gear World Title Eliminated Tournament, Brian Danielson defeated Eddie Kingston in one of the best TV matches in company history. They orchestrated a standing ovation five seconds before the finish. It was as if they had cast an actual spell on the audience. As part of the build, Danielson ostensibly called Eddie a lazy sack of poo, and Eddie never forgot it. In what was a great storyline consistent with his proud, loyal and paranoid character. Ahead of anarchy in the arena, he didn't trust Danielson but was more than willing to go to war with John Moxley. Near the finish, Kingston, so good he looked credibly intent on actual murder, poured worked gasoline on Chris Jericho but some of it spilled on Danielson who was close to tapping him out. The resulting brawl between Eddie and Brian has never been explored since. Danielson suffered what was all but directly said to be a concussion during the match and since returning hasn't yet tried to kick Eddie's head in for costing them the match in May. As of the time of reading this, it is November. So, you know, don't hold your breath. Number three, Eddie Kingston hates Claudio Castagnoli. Eddie Kingston is the most relatable pro wrestler on the planet, at least to a specific sort of person. The sort of misanthropic person who cannot let go of a grudge, even if it isn't particularly healthy. The sort of person so hellbent on etiquette that it becomes disproportionate. The sort of person who will always fight for what's right, even if the victory is Pyrrhic. He never let go of his years-long problem with Claudio Castagnoli, so much so that it felt real, even if it wasn't. In a great truncated Chikara feud, Kingston was adamant that Claudio was the bad guy and was infuriated that nobody else saw it. It was such a great story beat when Claudio revealed himself to be precisely that, that Kingston was received as an intelligent man with an unwavering moral code, the embodiment of a great babyface. Kingston was instantly suspicious of Claudio when he arrived in AEW, although he teamed with him at John Moxley's urging. Kingston was incensed at the close of Blood and Guts, wherein both he and Claudio had applied submissions to Chris Jericho and Matt Menard respectively, with Menard tapping first. Claudio thought he was doing 
doing the right thing, Kingston's expression suggested that Claudio had stolen his vindication. This seemed to set up a uniquely compelling singles match premised on exercising the old demons, but it never happened. They just sort of quietly made friends and then barely interacted in what was a nothing anticlimax. Number two, Paul Turner must tighten up the officiating. The otherwise tremendous Dynamite Grand Slam this year was marred slightly with three consecutive unclean finishes. Chris Jericho cheated to defeat Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor World title, Billy Gunn interfered to assist the acclaimed in dethroning AEW World Tag Team Champion Swerve in Our Glory, and Pac defeated Orange Cassidy via Hammer to the face. It was quickly explained on Rampage that this was all booked to inform a much-needed company-wide storyline. Following months and months at least of cheap, weightless and cowardly booking that put more heat on the booker than any other heel, Khan recognised that AEW was morphing into a sub-WWE in some ways and promised a return to a more bold, conclusive approach to tightening up the officiating. It didn't happen, infuriatingly, and while Tony Schiavone is good value deadpanning about systematic cheating, it would be preferable if AEW made cheating feel like a transgression again, something that inspires outcry more than apathy. The referees are still dumb even by the standards of a wrestling referee, and Turner discovering what the rules meant only served as an excuse to have Eddie Kingston lose. Number one, Eddie Kingston versus Kenny Omega. Eddie Kingston has simultaneously enjoyed a tremendous feel-good AEW career and also been horribly, horribly out of luck. More than one exhibit of evidence indicates that he was set for a big TV match with the then-world champion Kenny Omega in the summer of 2021. What a prospect that would have been, Eddie refusing to sell a V-trigger because he's too stubborn and willful to acknowledge the pain before his synapses register it just as he explodes back with the Uraken. Let's go! Oh, they didn't go, despite strong teasers on TV. Also, it was Mox, not Eddie, who took the fall when they lost to the Young Bucks at Double or Nothing 2021. Mox rarely, if ever, gets pinned cleanly in AEW. They must have been protecting Eddie ahead of something big, and since the Elite had also messed up Eddie's ankle, he was out for bloody revenge. It didn't end up happening. Eddie's dispute with the Elite slowly fizzled out. Perhaps he was too popular and threatened to undermine the next planned world title coronation. Interestingly, Eddie's favourite video essayist, Joseph Monticello, took to Twitter that August and expressed apathy over the imminent All Out 21 main event. And guess who liked the tweet? Was Kingston annoyed that he could have deputised for Hangman Page? And that's the list. Let us know what you thought of this video down in the comments below. Which of these storylines were you the most interested in before it was dropped? And of course, let us know of more that we might have missed. Make sure you like this video, share it with your friends, subscribe and hit that notification bell. I've been Cypher Culture, and have a good week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.